Today on Smooth Jazz, we're going to be looking at the recap of last season, some analysis, and also the off-season acquisitions and their impact on the upcoming season. Plus, a look at the Western Conference threats slash predictions for this upcoming season, and are the Jazz going to be donning a new color scheme in 2021? All this on Smooth Jazz. You're listening to Smooth Jazz with Jackson and Kyle. Welcome to Smooth Jazz, the best Utah jazz podcast in the game. I'm Kyle Bowman here with Jackson Ringer. Yes, sir. That is me. And <laughs> today is a very special day because not only is this our first ever episode of Smooth Jazz, it's also the greatest Australian to ever grace this earth's birthday, Joe Ingalls. Yes. Happy birthday, Joe. Uh, Joe, one of the best NBA players of all time. The best. The best. Yeah, without a doubt. Honestly, you know, when I think of Joe Ingles, I think of uh, the headband game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Headband Joe. Back in, what was that, 2018? An iconic performance. Honestly, Joe Joe Ingles is just, he means so much to the Jazz, more than his game, his, his character. His trash talk. His trash talk. He is, he is the goat. I love Joe Ingles. I, I love. You're rocking the Joe Ingles jersey. I have to rock the Joe yes. Ingles jersey. On a, on a great day. Also, shout out to the Utah Jazz uh, social media team. They put out a uh, a graphic of Joe, and it's very simplistic. It reminds me of uh, "It Is Your Birthday" from the from the Office. I, I I like it. It's just a black and white photo of Joe. Yeah, and it says. Happy birthday, <laughs> Joe. No, no, like exclamation points, nothing. But it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice. It's, he looks good. Look, he looks good. Joe Ingles might be looking the best he ever has looked in his life. What's your secret, Joe? <laughs> Another reason today is a special day. The Jazz are broadcasting right now a live practice. Um, and on a note with that, Donovan Mitchell today is wearing number 22 to honor Aaron Lowe, uh, the Utah football player who was recently killed. Um, so it's good to see some support from Donovan on that. It's been a tough season for the Utes. Um, other than that, the preseason begins this Monday against the Spurs. We are just days away from Utah basketball, and I don't think anyone is more excited than us. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's more excited than us. That is, that is true. No, it is, uh, it is exciting. It is already time for NBA basketball. It seems like uh, just yesterday, you and I, we're up in the nosebleeds uh, of Vivint Arena, not Smart Home, just Vivint, and uh, we witnessed the Jazz uh, lose in what was it, Game Four, was it game, game Six? It was Game Four, or Game Six, one of those. Yeah, but yeah, that was a tough, tough series to watch. Yeah. It was exciting at times, but it was ultimately very disappointing. And we're gonna look a little bit at that. Um, first of all, the Jazz did play great basketball last season. They finished first in three-point attempts, first in three points made, first in wins, and they were third in offensive rating and fourth in defensive rating. And I believe that they were the only team to finish top five in both of those statistics. So they had a very impressive season. They looked very promising going into the playoffs. Um, some injury troubles and just some some tough scenarios. 
Yeah. They, they played some tough basketball, and it seemed like the Clippers really had them kind of figured out. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough subject, I feel, for Jazz fans because I feel like if there was any year the Jazz were destined to win it all, it was last year. And it looked like all the cards were aligned, and, you know, the Jazz just got bit by the injury bug, I feel, at the wrong time with Mitchell and and Conley. Mitchell obviously played during the playoffs, but was not at 100% in, in Conley. You know he's the he's the facilitator, and he 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 only played what was it one two games in that Clippers series, um, and he wasn't hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it was obviously obviously wasn't a hundred percent. So it's it's tough to it's honestly tough to to look at last season and and expect the Jazz to continue the same performance. But there's no reason they can't. It's just last year felt like the year it's true um mike conley had a great impact in those games where he did play and like you said he is a great facilitator um so he was definitely missed when he was out rudy gobert played great defense but it seemed like there was something missing from the jazz scheme it seemed you see a lot of slander on rudy gobert on his perimeter defense on things like that but it seemed like part of the scheme was for him to stay inside he wasn't going out and closing out on those three-point shots and which was what ultimately killed the jazz in that series yeah and i mean we'll look at we'll look at this in a second but the jazz have made moves this offseason to help eliminate that problem help them defend the perimeter better with some uh stretch fours and because rudy will never be able to defend the perimeter truly they, there were glimpses of it uh in in that playoff series but ultimately he got exposed and also a shout out to ty Lu in that series I went into that series saying that Tyler was the most overrated NBA coach in the league and came out of it with a new respect for him because his adjustments that he made to counter the Jazz scheme, he just seemed he seemed to outcoach Quinn Snyder in that series, as much as it hurts to say. Um but but hopefully as I said, the Jazz with their with their new pieces will be able to defend the perimeter better um and ultimately come out on top in a series like that. Yeah. And I think everyone was looking for a place to put the blame after that series. A lot of the fans at least were all, Oh, Rudy Gobert can't guard the perimeter. It's all his fault. Oh, Quinn Snyder should have adjusted. Um, and there's probably partial truths to all of these, but what I like about the jazz core and their team is that they're not looking to place blame. Donovan Mitchell, after that game got on the bus and said, we need to be better. He said, this should eat at you. During this postseason. So I, th- I think they're all taking it well. Donovan Mitchell also does not tolerate any Quinn Snyder slander. That is true. So I think they're all all invested and they're all in for this season. And they made a lot of good moves in the offseason that um, show that they're all in. And I think they could run it back and have a good shot this year. I agree. Some notable additions that they acquired. Hassan Whiteside, another center, seven-footer. Averages on his career 13 points per game, 11 rebounds. Um, also, Rudy Gay adds some length to the perimeter. Um, also, some three-point shooting. He's a six-eight small forward, power forward. Um, so he'll be kind of that missing piece that the Jazz were looking for. They needed that length and uh, capability to defend the perimeter. Um, so that's a great addition. Also, a couple young guys coming out of the works. Uh, Yudoka Azubuike, 
I don't know if I'm saying that right. Do you know how to say it? Azubuki. Azubuki. I don't. I don't know. Yudoka. Yudoka, baby. He showed out in the summer league. He was looking great. He's 6'10", 280 pounds. He is a big guy, and he was averaging 13.7 points per game, 87% field goal percentage, um, and he was plus 24 in the summer league. Yeah, he went off. Um, we'll see how much he plays this this year as we just got Hassan, Hassan Whiteside, but we'll see depth at that position is always good. I am excited, though, probably... I don't know. Who am I most excited about? Uh, well, we haven't even touched on Eric Eric Pascal and Jared, Jared Butler. Those are both great additions, too, with Eric being one of Donovan Mitchell's best friends. I would just help improve the, the team chemistry. And Jared Butler, I mean, that, I, I feel like every Jazz fan, for us, that was the steal of the draft. I agree. Really, there's... I mean, the reason he, he fell so far was because of a, a heart a heart condition, but he's there's there's been knowledge of that condition since before he played at Baylor. So I don't I don't know. I don't really expect that to affect him. Well yeah, and the other thing is to be cleared for that, he had to be cleared by a panel of three doctors. An NBA doctor, an NBA players association doctor, and a third doctor. So clearly it's not it's a non issue. He feels comfortable playing. He's cleared by three doctors. The Jazz picked him up at a great time. great value. And I'm excited to see what he does here. Yeah, I mean, you look at his stats from his his last year at Baylor, his junior year, almost 17 points per game, three rebounds per game, almost five assists, uh, 47% field goal percentage, 41% three point percentage. Um, so he'll he'll just add to the to the Jazz already deadly three point shooting abilities. Um, and he looks to be a beast. He also just like looks to be a good guy. You know, you saw him at the BYU game, uh, the last two BYU games actually, um, just hanging out with the fans and the cheerleaders and all that stuff. He looks to be a beast. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm excited. The Jazz obviously have missed sometimes in the draft, but also had big hits in the draft with um, Gobert and Mitchell. And I'm feeling like this could be another one of those. Uh, high caliber type picks, but we'll and see. It looks like the Jazz have really addressed the problems that they had last season. They got that depth at the guard position with Jared Butler. Hopefully, he's able to get into the rotation um, fairly early on and start being a contributor. Um, also, Hassan Whiteside and Yudoka add a lot of depth at that center position. We lost, obviously, Derek Favors, which was a shame. Mostly from an emotional standpoint. Dude, it is so sad. I love Derek Favors. He's just a good guy. The He's... Thunder the Thunder posted a picture of Darren, Derek Favors the other day. Or maybe it was Derek Favors himself in his new Thunder uniform. And he was just looking cute, bro. He did look cute. <laughs> he was just looking like so cute, bro. I, I miss D Favors already, dude. I miss him too. I think the Jazz did the best that they could, though, it, in the offseason. It's just that dude was born to win a ring in Utah. And it's just sad that it looks like if the Jazz ever win a ring, Derek Favors won't be a part of it. But he will be a part of it in spirit because he's he's been here for the long haul. He was he was there during the Ty Corbin years. He 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 knows the Jazz when they're at their lowest and when they're at their highest. If, if the Jazz win a championship, he should get an honorary ring. I think 
Ryan Smith, if you're listening, <laughs> when we were in a championship, please send Derek Favors a ring. He deserves it more than anyone. Yes. But I they think. also they looked at that their lack of length and perimeter defense, um, as well as I think Rudy Gay was a great pickup there because he also yeah. adds that three-point shooting capability and his chemistry with Mike Conley from their years in Memphis. That's a great addition. Like you said, Eric Pascal jo- already has that um, connection with Donovan Mitchell. So in their training camp, they didn't really need to get to know each other. That's usually what the training camps are for in the offseason. They're yeah. just kind of getting the feel for the team chemistry, kind of seeing how the guys play with each other. But the Jazz just got right into it. Donovan yeah. Mitchell was saying that it was a very competitive atmosphere. Yeah. So I think they've got the work in, they've got the chemistry, and they're ready to go. I mean, the Jazz, it seems from just what I've seen on social media and all the player interviews that they're all in on this year. It's all or nothing this year. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll be competitive next year. They probably will. But it's it's their entire focus is to win a championship this year. It's not the elephant in the room or anything. That is the ultimate goal. And I think we as Jazz fans should expect nothing less than a finals run. I don't know. I will be disappointed if the Jazz if the Jazz don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, I will be very disappointed. And then I don't know. I don't know what you have to look at then, but it's it's the Jazz have to make at least the Western Conference Finals this year. I agree. They I thought it was Western Conference Finals or bust last year. Yeah, and I, mean, I was, was very disappointed. Yeah. But things have shaken up a little bit in the Western Conference. Um one team you may have heard of <laughs> The Los Angeles Lakers have a couple guys that uh, were added to the roster. Um, uh, One, LeBron James is obviously still there. Anthony Davis, if you know who he is. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Rajon Rondo, Trevor Ariza. It sounds (laughs) like a video game. Yeah. It sounds like you just go through, you pick all of the all-star players. It sounds like an all-star team. Yeah, but I mean, it's... There's not enough ball to go around, I feel. I don't expect... I mean, the Lakers on paper look like the scariest team in the West. One of the scariest teams of all time. But you look, I mean, LeBron, he's older. Anthony Davis, I don't know what to expect. Is he going to be healthy? You don't You don't know. He's just so injury prone. Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's a, a stat machine, but he went to the Wizards. What happened there? It's not like they got significantly better. Carmelo, I mean, he's just old. Dwight Howard, old. DeAndre Jordan, old. Rajon Rondo, old. Trevor Reza. Like, it's, this is just the team of geriatrics, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, it's exactly like the year the Lakers had Kobe. They had Dwight Howard. They had Steve Nash. They had Paul Gasol. They had everybody. And they were looking deadly. They started off that season 0-4. was super disappointing. I mean, I, I, in all honesty, I'm not scared of the Lakers. I think their peak, at the very best, they could attain a four seed. And I don't even see that happening. But maybe that's just too hot of a take. I don't know. Well, I think that they will be the most popular team in 2K. <laughs> They're is, going to be true. very good in 2K. <laughs> that is true. Real life chemistry, sharing the ball between all of those big names and big egos. I don't know if it'll work. Yeah. You can get a lot of talent on a team, but if the team chemistry is lacking, it's not going to go anywhere. So I'm not too concerned about the Lakers this year. Um, the elephant in the room, the ones we don't want to talk about, 
yes. the other team in LA. Yes. The oh, Clippers. The Clippers. I am scared of the Clippers. That I mean, I think last year, not even during the regular season, but during the playoffs, they finally put it together. They learned how to play their best basketball. I I think they're coming for blood this year. I think they are more locked in than ever. They resigned Reggie Jackson, who just absolutely destroyed the Jazz. Uh, Nick Batum, who just was also balling out of his mind. They still have Terrence Mann. I don't know what Terrence Mann is going to do. Maybe he'll drop 40 on the Jazz again. I have no idea. But the Clippers, they look to be, in my opinion, the scariest team in the West. The one notable thing about the Clippers, obviously, is Kawhi Leonard is still recovering from his ACL injury and is likely to miss a big part of the season, even up to half of the season. They said that he is ahead of schedule on his recovery, but he'll still not return for at least until early 2022. So, thing about Kawhi is he doesn't even play most of the regular season yeah, anyway. So that's true. If they get a playoff seed, it'll be it'll be concerning. Yeah, I, I mean the the Clippers went that far. They played that well without Kawhi in the playoffs. Yeah. So with Kawhi, I I'm just they are they're a good team, not to be overlooked for sure. Definitely. And then we have the matchup that should have been. And never was yeah. the playoff matchup that should have been uh, the Suns and their Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Um, they looked good. They they had a great season, but I don't know if they can replicate it. Yeah, I don't, it seems like last season was lightning in a bottle for them. And by the time they got to the finals, I it just showed their inexperience. I mean, they have Chris Paul, but they're generally a young team and I don't know. I mean, the Suns, they could run it back. I just don't see them running it back. I I, I don't know why I feel that way. I just don't I don't think the Suns can do it again. I don't think they have enough enough talent going against people like the teams like the Jazz or the Clippers. But they do have Chris Paul who who just makes everyone around him better as much as I hate to say it. It's true. I do feel confident about the Jazz's matchup with the Suns, though. I think that um, I think Donovan Mitchell is a better young star than Devin Booker. Yes. And Chris Paul is a veteran point guard. He does what he does very well. But he's also getting older. He's having injury issues. That is true. He only has a limited amount of time left. The thing, though, is he does really facilitate that offense. He makes... Um, especially DeAndre Ayton, he really allows him to flourish in that yeah. offense. But I think that with our defensive capabilities, especially within the paint, we'll be able to take that away. What we do need to look out for against the Suns, though, they do have Chris Paul, especially his that mid-range jumper. It seems like they can always get that in. Yeah, they always find an open look at the elbow. And but I think that if we just play good basketball against them, I'm not worried about it. I think we have the the lineup to take them on. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mean, obviously, we are very biased. <laughs> that's part. And, of, that's part of the game. And our only qualifications as as hosts of this very uh, popular, uh, very professional podcast are that we are big jazz fans. But I just I look at the Western Conference, and I see no reason why the Jazz can't win that conference. I think they'll have the best regular season record again, but it's a matter 
of when it comes to playoff time, playing your best basketball, locking in defensively, getting lucky, not getting injured. And I don't see why they can't make the finals again. Or not again. (laughs) Why they can't make the finals. What they should have done last year. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the Jazz are the best team in the Western Conference. I yeah. I I mean, you look at the Western Conference. Who who else haven't we mentioned? I mean, the Nuggets. They'll be interesting to see with Jamal Murray, but I I really don't think they can con- contend with the Jazz. You got the Mavericks. They got Luca, but he's he needs support still. You got the Trail Blazers, who are just eternally average. <laughs> Free Dame, bro. Free Dame. Free Dame. Dame, and, Dame Lillard, you are always welcome in Utah. <laughs> One day. The the team I want to see do good are the Memphis Grizzlies. Everyone except for Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah, except for Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Screw that dude. I want I want them to do great except Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I'm a big jaw guy, not a big Dylan Brooks guy. I agree. That was a, it was a fun series to watch. It was also very frustrating. I think the Jazz often when they play against the Grizzlies, they kind of play yeah. down to their level. But the Grizzlies, to they their credit, tough. they played very tough basketball. That was the toughest five-game series you'll ever see. Yeah. And a lot of young talent, too, especially John Morant is definitely a rising star coming out of Memphis. John, their, oh, I'm spacing on their center's name. Uh, Jaron Jackson? Oh, yeah, Jaron Jackson. Okay. Sorry, I don't know who I was thinking of, but he's a beast, too. Grizzlies. That oh, they, they picked up Stephen Adams. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't I even didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> nice, Stephen Adams. I like Stephen Adams too. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and the Grizzlies you, are a good team. Yeah, yeah. The Grizzlies are they're respectable. The Warriors. It will be interesting to see what they do with Clay, with Clay being back. I don't. I don't know. I I feel like they'll be a a five six seed at best, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. Obviously. Once again, the Western Conference is superior to the Eastern Conference. Um, and yeah, it should be a, a fun run. We'll see. It will also be interesting to see how the Jazz look, not only playing, but what they're yes. playing in. Um, the Jazz recently have been kind of shifting their identity as far as color scheme goes. Um, the practice facility, press conference backgrounds, even the Vivint Arena have all started to change towards a black and white kind of color scheme. Um, and a lot of people are worried that the Jazz are heading the direction of the Brooklyn Nets to becoming a colorless lack of personality. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I pray this is not the case. It, I mean, it's, it's one thing for the Nets to be black and white because you're in Brooklyn. But we're in Utah. This is like arguably the most colorful state in the country. And you want to reduce us to black and white. Yeah, I mean we have you have the red rock, you have the mountains, you have you have a lot going on in Utah. And the jerseys kind of reflect that. The the Mardi Gras colors from New Orleans don't make sense anymore. Yeah, we don't I'll need be those. Honest. But we don't need those. They're there, so <laughs> why not? Um, you know, the jazz started out in the green and yellow. Yeah. Um and then moved towards the purple and yellow, which they still wear now. They had those classic jerseys just recently. Yeah. Um Moved from that to my personal favorite, the mountain jerseys, yeah, Stockton and Malone. I would agree. Yeah. Then we have the baby blue, dark blue. You know, Carlos, Carlos yeah, Boozer, AK forty seven. Mimit Kerr. shout out to Mimit Kerr. <laughs> shout out Mimit Kerr. <laughs> and then we have the more Fisenko. recent. 
What's, <laughs> what's the dude's first name? I just, I just remember playing NBA Live with with Fisenko. Fisenko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting sidetracked. I just need what's his first name? Kyrylo Kirillo Fisenko. Okay, from Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> had a had a nice tenure with the Jazz from 2007 to 2011. He was a beast. Yeah, and he there he is in the baby blue. Yep. He made it. He made it to the newer era of jerseys as well. Yeah. In uh, 2011, I believe, is when the Jazz switched over to the more current um, logo. They went back to the Note logo and the kind of the Mardi Gras color scheme, but they switched out the purple for blue. And it looks nice. It doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. It kind of lost the meaning. You know, the Jazz originally from New Orleans, the name doesn't even make sense anymore. But they lost the purple and added blue, so it's kind of just colors. But they look nice together. Yeah. And then now they also brought in the addition of the city edition. City colors, yep. And that looks great. That's a great jersey. Um, But that's the problem, according to Ryan Smith, is that the Jazz just have too much going on. And when you look at all of the jerseys put side by side, he's, he's right. You can't have the like the purple city edition or the purple like classics with the city edition and the Mardi Gras colors and yeah. the baby blue. It just it doesn't look great. And I think I don't think we're going towards a new jersey. I think they're going just towards like a more neutral like base level. Yeah. So that every jersey looks okay in it. That would be best case scenario at this point in my opinion. If you, I mean, you were having the, you, you were talking about this off, off the podcast, outside of the podcast, but you were saying that imagine the jazz practice facility was like a city colorway and then they're wearing their purple jerseys. It like totally doesn't match, which makes sense. Black goes with everything. And I feel like it's optimal if they're just choosing to make the, the branding, the, the aesthetics of like the the post game interview backdrop and the facility and their their social media black and white but have the the themes of the various colors cuz the jazz have a lot of history in their in their uniforms and i just feel like black and white is such a bad choice in my opinion the best colorway is what you said the purple the mountains yeah. that is utah jazz basketball that's stockton and malone and I I think the majority of jazz fans feel that way. So if you if you're gonna change your uniform colors, go with that direction. Don't go black and white. Yeah, I think that they already have so much to draw from that it would be a shame to yeah. go to black and white and just to like completely. It's a cop out. Yeah, black and white looks nice. It's clean, but it's boring. Well, yeah, and you said you see Ryan Smith on Twitter. He. He posted uh, or he re- replied to someone with a, a picture of the Utah Jazz, the whole color palette of all the uniforms they've ever used. And he said, we want to step away from this. Then why would you go with black and white? That's just another color. Just draw from something you've already used. Like the city colorway is also a good option. That really, I think, epitomizes Utah, the the. Uh, city edition jerseys with the orange and the red and the yellow and all that stuff because that's what a lot of Utah looks like. 
that's a good option too. But just black and white is terrible. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping he was meaning step away from like the the contrast of all that like clashing colors, like doing an interview in front of a blue backdrop with a city edition jersey on. It doesn't look as good. Yeah. But if they just have like they kind of standardize the format where it's all black and white. Yeah. But they keep their jersey colors. Yeah. I think it could. I think it's a good look, and yeah, it's that would it's look clean. good. So hopefully that's what we're going for. We don't want to lose. I don't want to have to buy another jersey. Um, yeah. Well, they also took their media day pictures in these uniforms or in the in the white version of yeah. the uniforms that you're wearing. I don't think I don't think their uniforms are going anywhere. I think I think they're just kind of standardizing, you know, making everything look nicer so there's they don't clash as much. That's the hope. If Ryan Smith wants to come on the on the podcast, he can explain himself. Yeah, Ryan Smith, this is your official invite to come talk about the Uniform and color combos. I'm sure he'll consider it. But that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining Ryan Smith. <laughs> this spot right here Dude, is yours. what a good first podcast. I feel like we should say a prayer or something, a, <laughs> a closing prayer. Just give thanks for this great opportunity. You know, general conference weekend. What a <laughs> what a great start. You know, we're not qualified. Our opinions may suck, but we can assure the audience, the few people watching, that we are going to be the the best Utah Jazz podcast in the game. We just need, the goal is 100 listeners by by the end of the season. If we can hit that and get a, an ad from like Chuck Arama or Macy's <laughs> or something, like, dude, we'll be big time. <laughs> we would be big time if we had a Chuck Arama ad. Chuck Arama. Chuck Arama. The ball is in your court. <laughs> <laughs> we provide a lot of value to the brand. That is true. The ball is in your court. If you'd like to feature on our podcast, let us know. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. You are now one out of 100. We're working towards it. <laughs> Let's go, baby. This has been Smooth Jazz with Jackson and Kyle. Mm.